USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another episode of Mighty Marvel Geeks. I'm sorry, Issues. <laughs> welcome to another issue issues. of Mighty Marvel Geeks. 162 issues at the, by now. And we embrace all of them. Yes, we do. Some more tightly than others. Oh, <laughs> aren't you sweet? Of course, it's the intrepid trio, Mike, Eric, and... Kylan, how you guys doing? Yes. Hey, good. How are you? Good. So, Eric, I hear Jarvis really screwed up. Hey, I ain't the one that programmed him. No, something was supposed to come to you in the mail, didn't come to you, but it's been resolved. I'm We're blaming okay. Hydra. I'm blaming, I'm, I'm blaming the whole dadgum framework at this point. <laughs> do, you, do you think do you yes. think the Empire has something to do with that? I think they put Jar Jar Binks in charge of this. Oh, Oh, no, what, that's a what shot. we're talking about, what we're talking about is the upcoming Star Wars celebration in Orlando that uh, is next week. And two of us are going to be down there live on the scene and broadcasting from the official Star Wars celebration podcast stage. Oh, yeah. Kylan. Hey. Glad you're, ah. glad you're, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, that's not me. <laughs> I, Long I'm, pass. Uh, I'll, I'll be, I'll be here uh, manning the base. <laughs> Grounded, huh? Yeah, yeah. We at least- told you not to take the hella bus to go get White Castle. I'm telling you. I, well, you did know, you, I know you, you did. Put, they but- put that low bridge thingy over the drive-through for a reason, dude. Ah. Well, you know, I, I'm I kept, surprised you, you know, had the, I, I'm surprised you were even able to get close with the wingspan. Well, I, I did. Uh, I got close only because it kind of went into the building a little bit, you know. But you know, I flashed my shield badge, and she she was just like, "Well, okay, whatever," you did, know. Did you put a scratch on Lola when you returned? I, that yeah, I did. I think I we're beyond <laughs> scratches. Yeah, yeah, and, and then I tried to buff her out, and then I got caught touching Lola. So you know. I'm telling you, the two things you don't do with, with, with Phil Colson, you don't touch Lola, and you don't put Baby in the corner. No, you don't. No. Mm-mm. That's a little weak. in-joke for those of you who don't know that Clark Gregg in real life is married to Jennifer Grey of Dirty Dancing fame. Which and, they and are now, remaking Dirty Dancing, but that's... They are? You know, yes. Well, they're remaking Roadhouse, too, so, you know. It's nothing sacred. No, because they're talking about remaking Big Trouble in Little China, too. Nothing is sacred, and nothing. even less is safe. Oh. Uh, Oh, kill but me. 
we are we are kind of we're kind of drifting off the subject here. Oh yeah, uh, Mighty Marvel Geeks is going to be at Star Wars Celebration. Yes, we. So are. if you're going to be down there, find us. We might have you a little goodie or something to give to you. It is also the our show time is Friday night, seven thirty to eight thirty. Is also when we're doing our Sorcerer Radio meetup as well. They're so, at celebration. Yes, they're at celebration. So. Uh, come check us out. See us live. Who knows what type of show you're going to get. <laughs> Not us, and we're going to be the ones doing it. Ah, this is true. And, but and we when are. we take the stage, we will be talking about Marvel's history with Star Wars, which may go back further than you think. Yeah. That is true. We are Especially also- if you think that it only started after Disney acquired Lucasfilm in 2012. <laughs> if only you knew. <laughs> oh, I do know because, and this is something I wanted to do, which I was not able to do. Um, I got to share a little quick story about this. When I was growing up, uh, the, the, the library, the, the hometown library, was right next to the pool hall. Okay. So my dad, when I would be spending the summers with him, we had to go to a shop. We'd go, you know, take a break for lunch. We'd eat. Then we'd go over there. He would go into the pool hall to shoot some pool. I would go in to you know to just read and, and occupy my time. And they had the oversized hardbound edition of Marvel's adaptation of the original Star Wars screenplay. Oh, I love that edition. That I could not tell you how many times I sat down and read it, read it, read it. Hey. I, I didn't even need to ask where it was. I said, you know, can I help you, dude? No, ma'am, I'm just here for the Star Wars book. Thank you. You need help? No, no ma'am, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's right over here, third shelf along at the bottom. Yeah, I got you. Uh-huh. And so I looked. Uh, I did check that library's catalog to see if they still had it because what I wanted to do was take it down to the broadcast booth and, you know, just have it out and just say, this is my childhood kind of thing. But... So not surprising after 40 years, it's not there. Man. That would have been such a wonderful thing. I'm not, no, you can't be surprised. I said not surprised. Well, I I remembered when they, when they came out with the, with with that Star Wars uh, uh, adaptation, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, now, and I, I was thinking it was just going to be the adaptation to the movie, but then it continued and that blew my mind. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they were, they were doing, it was in the newspapers. Yes. The the comic strips. And and the, the strips in the paper were not done by the same people who who did uh did the comics it was not no. the same team it's a completely different set of stories mm-hmm. i don't even think Man. i don't even think that was a marvel deal with the newspapers i don't think so i i, I don't well, i have to re i'll have to research that before we get down there yeah but yeah i mean it and the one thing that kind of blew my mind is that when we saw return of the jedi and you saw job of the hut for the very first time mm-hmm. i had a hard time accepting that because yeah. because the comic book adaptation had the scene where Jabba is meeting Solo at, at in the docking bay. Yeah, mm-hmm. he looks like a green Chinese walrus. Yeah, no, no. Yes, he, he looks like he a regular did. human. No, you're thinking of the screen test that he, that they did. No, no. Take a take a look. Marvel Unlimited, uh, either issue one or issue two. I'm calling retconning on that. But but you are right though. That's the first time we see Jabba the Hutt, mm-hmm. and when we and when Marvel did the books because the books started April of seventy seven. 
either March or April of 77. So we already kind of had an idea what the movie was about before mm-hmm. the movie came out. Right. But it had some of the deleted scenes, because I want to say it had the Tashi Station scene in it as well, before it all got cut for the final release. Because the job of the hut was just, was, they, they took it based on what was in the movie. Well, it, I know that the, the adept, that, uh, that version had the scene where, uh, Biggs, uh, Biggs and Luke are talking, and mm-hmm. that was never, that wasn't in the release. Okay. See, I rem- I remember that. Well, Eric proved it. He was right, but I I still remember the other. Now they did leak out the the raw footage from that, and it was he looked like a Viking. He was a he was a human. There's a big burly human wearing like a fur vest. I mean, he either could like go pillage the northeast or like you know join the join the village people or something. Right. But of course, all that changed. All that changed. And, and we're still going to, and this is all stuff we're going to talk about at a, at Celebration. Yes, it is. I'll be there in spirit, guys. Just, just like we're going to talk about Jackson and Eric's favorite. Uh, Crimson Jack. Crimson Jack. And Valence. And we might be joined by um, Mark Newbold as well uh, from oh. Jedi News. Awesome. And formerly of Star Wars Insider. Cool. So, but let's get into uh, little Agents of Shield. Yes, yeah. yes, it's been this. It's been kind of hard to wait on this. Yes, it really has because it's kind of like you got that feeling that this might be the last hurrah, and they keep saying that <laughs> this this rewards long term watchers, long term viewers, I should say. Long term right. watchers means you have a really big head, glowing eyes, and you live on the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm just going to start it. Yep. There's a there's a part of me that went into this wanting to see Agent Sitwell. Mm-hmm. Just because he was kind of like the he he was mentioned rather prominently and we know what happened to him in Winter Soldier. Yep. So we kind of it and of course there's still possibility for him to show up. Right. But they got somebody named Pinsky who's kind of like Sitwell minus the glasses. Right. And he just it's kind of like why couldn't you just brought in Sitwell at this point? Yeah. Right. That did not sit well with me. Uh, (laughs) see what you did there it took you a moment it took you a moment i was like did he really mean that oh yes uh yeah i you know i this this was a hard i don't get me i i enjoyed it okay but this was a hard episode to watch because it's really dark yeah it is i mean it's very very dark because you know how that you this is a tried and true trope of sci-fi comics fantasy whatever that one little incident one little change mm-hmm. can have a domino effect yes and what was one of the hallmarks of this framework that they were taking away the one biggest regret that mm. each character had right okay so and we find out that may her biggest regret was killing the child in bahrain right so it, you you figure okay well you know we take that away you know the kid lives everyone goes home happy um no it doesn't nope because you find out and by the way spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't twigged onto that so far spoiler alert the little girl that didn't get killed in bahrain came to cambridge which we're guessing the one in massachusetts yep. and killed a bunch of people yeah which- assuming she was a uh she turns out she's in inhuman in this yeah shit. she's inhuman and she causes all these deaths well because the kids an inhuman 
Well, now Inhumans are the monsters. Inhumans are the hunted, and Hydra took on that. But I, but mm-hmm. the other big regret was Coulson's joining Shield. Yeah, yeah. And you think about it. Yes, Steve Rogers, Captain America, they took out the helicarriers. Yeah. But it was Coulson and his team that pretty much took out Hydra. True. But Coulson wasn't around to take out Hydra. No. He was too busy being a teacher. And so he wasn't he didn't get he didn't uh he didn't save Sky. Nope. And it's just kind of like the domino effect. It's domino theory. Right. It, and um it was uh I you know probably the scene that just really probably was the the pen, I don't know I guess the penultimate scene of that entire show was in during the, in the classroom and the uh, the two people come in yes and they take the kid away and and Coulson is like he stops the kid and even you know I know I was hoping like oh maybe he's gonna he's gonna give him a little bit of reassurance saying you know don't worry about it right we'll look forward to seeing and yeah, I'll collect your lessons. You, know. you you forgot your backpack. You're like, well, you know, and even like there's the other kid that's like, well, no, was was a Hydra Nazis? And he's like, no, that's not true. And he's like, yeah, there was a science division of the Nazis. And he's like, that's that's misinformation. And I'm just like, that's fake news. That's I'm like, oh my god, really? <laughs> it's like, you hey, think you know, about it, alternative facts, fake ooh. news. I, that's Ugh. that's exactly what it was. It was, and but I guess apparently in this world now, there's only one newspaper. Yeah, you know. Ah, uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He even says it. It's like there was there were 1,500 newspapers. There were you know all of them had their different truths. Right. But yes, I mean Hydra. This was exactly what Hydra was looking for, and it was peace. It was law and order at a at a uh, very high price. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you do when you find out you're dead? You dig yourself up out of the grave. Yeah. <laughs> Should I be playing Walking Dead music now? Yeah, you know uh, what? Well, you know, Gemma, uh, you can call it Gemma's theme if you want, because, and of course, we saw this at the end of the uh, the previous episode, right? Where you see that you know you just see a you just see a headstone, right? Right. And it turns out it wasn't even really her headstone Mm-mm. because she was like just buried in a shallow mass grave there at the old Shield Academy. Yeah. Yeah, and we still we don't we don't have the full story of that. But apparently, well, you can pretty much guess as to what you know, considering what actually happened right. in the uprising part of you know, the Hydra. Except out Hydra, of the darkness to the light, Hydra won this one. Yeah. And, so, uh, so again, what happened with Jenna? She was murdered. Right. That came out of the grave. Okay. Right. If you remember, what they did was they hacked into the network, to the framework. Right. And basically, they awoke in their bodies inside the framework. Right. Well, since Gemma had been shot and killed, she had been married, buried in a shallow mass grave. Okay. And the first time that you see her in the framework, she is literally pulling a Dawn of the Dead kind of thing, digging herself. You could have gotten that without having me go through everything. <laughs> he... Oh my god! <laughs> also, he, how long? You, how long have you had that queued up for? He probably I, was waiting. He's trying to find no, it first. I was of trying all. to find it. It wasn't there. Then I had to re-add it. So, oh my god. <laughs>
You remember that scene at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they crate up the Ark and they bring it into that warehouse that's got bajillions and bajillions of identical crates? Yeah. I imagine that's kind of how Mike's music files are. <laughs> oh, they're, in, uh, they're in one central location. <laughs> they have top men working on it right now. Well, wait till you see what I've what I've got, so I could do sound drops at celebration. Oh my gosh! But uh, no, you're right. That uh, that was kind of a freaky thing, and it, of course, it's Gemma's trying to to adjust to the fact that she is officially dead. Right. I mean, she even has the bullet holes in her sweater to prove it, and you know, she has no paperwork, she has no ID because you got to show your ID on every checkpoint. Right. Right. Uh, meanwhile, you've got uh, you've got Daisy slash Sky because she's back to being Sky now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you, you think it's tough adjusting to the fact that you're dead? How about adjusting the fact that you're cohabitating with your greatest enemy? Uh, and of course, that was that was perfectly set up in the in the in the LMD finale. Yeah, it was where she thinks, "Oh, it's Lincoln." No, oh. the picture is Ward. Ah, uh, don't don't. And I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, the moment that they mentioned resistance, the moment they mentioned double agent, please tell me I am not the only one who said, watch, Ward will be working for the resistance. I can't, yeah, double agent Ward. It's just, it, it makes me wonder in this if Garrett was, if he was the clairvoyant from like season one and the original Deathlock. Yeah. If he was, if he was kind of like the one who brought Ward into the Resistance, right? And speaking of Deathlock, that's another guy I want to see. Yeah, I want to see if he's in this somewhere. We can hope. Mm-hmm. We can hope because, uh, according to executive producer Jed Wheaton, they don't know if the season finale is going to be a season finale or a series finale. At this point, dude, I will be shocked. If they get another season, I would too. But the the numbers were up already for for this episode. But I don't know if it's enough to make a difference. Now I'd be pleasantly shocked. Now I, I almost hate to say it, but the I don't remember who it was that said we need to see Madame Hydra in the series. Mm. But but we're going to see Madam Hydra during we this last start. We have seen Madam Hydra, and because of that, um, you know, there's been a, a divide between. Well, not because of Madam Hydra. Um, there's been a divide, though, as, as we've talked about many times, between season four or between the TV and film franchises. Uh, with each release, and it's like, how long is the show going to keep lasting if the movies don't want to re- reference back to the TV shows? I mean, it's going to be the same thing with netflix um but whedon said no matter what it's going to be a thrilling end regardless so we don't plan on stopping anytime soon um despite his statement the show seems to be gearing up for a classic wrap-up though it just seems like that's where it's heading you know, and we're just going to get the typical this is it thanks for the thanks for the run lasted, so long and thanks for all the fish <laughs> lasted longer than we thought we would thank you and goodbye well I would like to see a season five. Mm-hmm. I, I really would, because I think 
I think with this, they they finally they're doing good stories, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, the alternate reality mirror mirror whatever you want to call it, it's it is a tried and true trope. But the way that they're putting a, the spin on this one, it's not like you know just one thing changed the whole reality, right? Mm-hmm. It's the we have tried to give you what your heart desires most. Now, granted, some of what your heart desired most wound up being some pretty dang poor decisions. Yeah. Right. And they had some pretty bad consequences. True. But they were your heart's desires. Right. This is true. Well, you know, it's... um well, I, I was talking to somebody today, and they were, and I was telling them what we were saying about how we we're not sure if we're going to see another season of this show. And he was like, "But it's a good show." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it is." But there are people that don't feel the way that you do, and you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And as much I like you, I would love, love, love to see another season, especially with Inhuman. Coming in, you know that I think the two shows will be will play really well off of each other. You know, yeah. no, you know, shared universe but separate entities. It could work. Um, and but, the thing, you don't no. have to have tight, tight integration between no the movies and the TVs. No, you don't. Just ignore <laughs> the the show's been referencing the movies. Right. Just throw, just throw a little. Oh, the the shield team took down Hydra over here, and we had this. Boom! That's been resolved. You know, just something or what's going on in Hell's Kitchen, whatever. Right. But it's Ooh. if they come back for a season five, I think they mm-hmm. need to do what they've done with season four, and given the let's, let's do the mini arcs inside the season. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The pods. The pods are working. And that's they what really they should, are. And that's what they should have done in the beginning. Because up, Uprising was almost the same way. It was almost like mm-hmm. a pod. Right. So the pods work. Stick with it. Yeah. And my last comment on this week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Did anybody else just get chills when they revealed who the director was? Yeah. I mean, you figure. In, in, in truth, there really could be nobody but Ada as the director. Right. The one pulling all the strings. The one pretty much in charge of you know, the, the creator of that world. Right. The one who can pretty much rewrite reality. It does rewrite reality. Yeah. Yeah. This virtual reality. Of course, now I'm looking forward to where you'll see Director Mace and Dr. Radcliffe. Yes. Because they're in the framework, too. We just Mm -hmm. haven't seen them. Maybe you'll see, you know, I'm going to call it right here. Radcliffe is working for the resistance. Yeah. Him and Mm -hmm. he, he, this just, it just makes perfect sense. It does. He is working for the resistance. Mace mm, might be, might be working for the resistance as well. But if, if Radcliffe is not leading the resistance, he's high up in it. Yeah. 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 So, well, something else that's coming out, though, we have a big announcement. Something that's starting, not ending, and it was very cleverly disguised. Oh. It's, I'm waiting for you to cue up, like, some elevator music. <laughs> oh, elevator you know what? That would be perfect. Elevator yeah. music would be perfect for this. <coughs> I don't think I have any elevator music. Not. Are you telling me in that digital warehouse you don't have the first bit of elevator music? Well, you know what? You've got until August 8th. 18th there you go some because <laughs> that is when the defenders will debut on netflix yes yeah 
Oh, like I said, it was, it was so cleverly hidden too. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you look at the if you if you look at the uh, trailer video, it, it's disguised as elevator security cam footage. Yeah. And you've got all four of them in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm I'm glad to see that for whatever reason Luke Cage is not in prison. Nope. He can't be in prison if he's in an elevator. Must have had a good lawyer. Oh <laughs> uh, well, like know, maybe the one that's in with him. Uh well well you, you remember what happened at the end of uh did you did you finish Luke Cage? I have not yet. Oh, there's well, no, I I won't say anything. There's a little bit of a spoiler, but yeah, be, between the spoiler and um, the the attorney at law that's with them in that trailer, yeah, he he'd be taken care of. So, how do I? Not find it. Oh well. Wait. Uh, but you know, it's just it, it's interesting to me with that video. Yes. I mean, there's. Nobody says a word, <clears throat> but you just see you see Jessica turning around, looking at looking up at the security camera, and then jumps up and just punches it out. Yeah, and here we go for elevator music. <laughs> You know, when Han and Luke and Chewie took the elevator down to the detention center, to the detention level, that's got to be the music that was in it. Yeah. Uh, it, it was in, oh, Blue Harvest, a, a Family Guy Star Wars special. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> but you in know, this... But in this, you you also see that uh, that Matt <clears throat> he's not wearing he's not wearing glasses. No, he's wearing he, he's wearing wearing a do rag that's completely covering his eyes. Right. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I was I, I, don't, I don't, and apparently if you the the uh, I think it's the same building that that uh, that they were in at the end of Daredevil. No, the one that had the big pit in it. Midland Circle Financial is what the thing yeah. says. Yeah, so I believe I believe that's the building that inside or in the basement of it. That's where that big pit is that we don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm so just. I, I we can't will wait. find out. We will find out August the 18th. Yeah. Yes. Now, how and m- I am looking forward to it. Now, did you guys catch the the release date in that right away, or did it take you a couple times before realizing? Where the where they put the release date? It, it, Not it, until you just said something. It's oh, hey, did you notice the up at the corner? Yeah, oh, the, that that that's a uh, a viral website. Yes, yeah, uh, check it is out. Is it the Daily Bulletin? Yep, yep. Complete with uh, complete with an ad for Colleen Wing's uh, Kenjitsu School. Yep. <coughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, well, speaking of Luke Cage. Ah, yeah. Um, uh, one, one of our favorite defenders, uh, and, uh, Marvel's, uh, one of Marvel's, uh, net most popular Netflix shows got nominated for a Peabody Award. Uh, now, Jessica Jones won, uh, the award last year. Um, and so, so it's awesome that the, that the, uh, Marvel's Luke Cage is nominated. Um, and so other finalists that, uh, are on in the same category with 
them uh, include uh, American Crime, Atlanta, Clever Man, Lemonade, Netflix's Stranger Things, This Is Us, The Night Of, and Veep. Um, so, and of course, uh, now Chael Hodori Coker, who uh, was the showrunner, took to Twitter uh, you know, once the, the announcement was made and to you know, just kind of you know, just let everybody know, know what you know, momentous news this is for, uh, for the show, as well as for Marvel Television and for Netflix as well. So, you know, I would like to see Lightning Strike twice. I would love to see Luke Cage uh, win. Um, it's certainly, I thoroughly enjoyed the show, and I don't know anyone that has not enjoyed it. Uh, so I'm definitely keeping my eyes and ears open to see, you know, how that's going to turn out. Um, and then in the meantime, you know, um, I'll be waiting for the second season of Luke Cage and, uh, Defenders, uh, on August 18th. Very cool. Yeah. Well, since we're looking ahead, uh, we can safely say, and we've talked about it here too. Marvel new Marvel's new warriors headed to freeform was straight to series order. We said the series was coming. Yep. We yeah, called we didn't, it. We didn't know where. No. Nope. Freeform's got me a little scared. Freeform has me scared from the get go. Well, uh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, Marvel's new warriors. Um, is about six young people with powers living and with powers living and working together. Now, the series is is going to mark Marvel's first foray into comedy, uh, in which the network has ordered 10 30 minute episodes slated to debut in 2018. Well, I understand this is coming from Marvel.com, but this might be their first foray, but it's not their first dabble because they were teasing damage control. Um, With powers and and abilities on the opposite end of the spectrum of the Avengers, the New York Warriors want to make a difference in the world, even if the world isn't ready. Uh, The series will feature fan favorite Squirrel Girl uh, as a totally empowering fangirl, tough, optimistic, and a natural leader. Um, She is confident and has the powers of a squirrel. She's acrobatic, can fight, and talk to other squirrels. Her most important trait is that she has faith in people and teaches them to believe in themselves. Additional cast to be announced. And of course, this is going to go in conjunction with Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, which is also underway for the network. Um, According to Jeff Lieb, head of television and the executive producer, uh, Marvel's New Warriors have always been fan favorites, and now particularly with the addition of Squirrel Girl, uh, they are Marvel television favorites as well. After the amazing experience we've had with Freeform on Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, we can't think of a better place for our young heroes. Okay, I'm sorry, Mr. Lee, if you're listening, I know you're trying, but every statement like this only makes me more and more concerned about what we're going to see on Freeform when this hits. Yeah. I mean, is it? I yeah. said it from the get-go, I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. I keep hoping that each new new story that i see about freeform and marvel will prove me wrong right will will quiet these concerns in the back of my head but i have a really bad feeling about this <laughs> that is what i keep hearing uh i mean it's, it's i don't know 
and uh, honestly, the Warriors. I was I collected New Warriors right. when it, when the run started, and for a good long while, it was not a comedy. No, no, it was not a comedy. It was it had comedic moments, mainly when Speedball was concerned, but it had a more serious tone. And I'm just thinking they've taken that and they're putting it on free form as a super powered laugh in. And yes, I am totally totally dating myself on that one. That yeah. that's a good way of putting it. That's a really good way of putting it. So, mm, yeah. I mean, I keep hoping I'm wrong. I hope, I hope, because this is a show about all things Marvel, mm. I do not want any Marvel property to fail. No. Just hear me that. When I say that, I just... I just have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. No, I I like Squirrel Girl. I'm not anti Squirrel Girl at all. No, no, no. But when I heard when I heard that they were wanting to take a comedic look at the or uh, uh, approach to the show, it just I, I'm like you. It didn't sit well with me. Um, and just even in the way they did they described Squirrel Girl, I'm like. Okay, you obviously recognize that she's just she's not just some two dimensional character, but I worry that's almost almost that's what we're getting because oh, it's because it's supposed to be a comedy, so you know what? Uh, it's going to be teenagers in the house. So it'll be like Teen Titans, but live action, and I yeah. don't want that. No, yeah, I don't want that. You know, I don't know. That's the fear. Mm-hmm. So well. How about this? I think we've kind of wrapped up TV. Oh, we got some game news. Yeah. We do. We do. Um, yeah, so Marvel Heroes is coming to the PS4 and Xbox One uh, this spring. And this is a an article from Attack of the Fanboy. Uh, attackofthefanboy.com uh, so uh, Marvel Marvel Heroes is an action RPG MMO that's currently available on PC yeah. um, it's been around uh, uh, since I believe it was 20, 2013 yeah 2013 yeah. and so now and the game is you know, you, like most MMO, MMO RPGs uh, you have there's usually a lot of updates that are going on, uh, but at the same time, this game is free to play. Uh, well, it has a free to play model. I put it that yeah, way. yeah, yeah. It has a free to play. It's model. free to play, but if you actually want to get anywhere with your character, you've got to pay. Yes. So now, so in this now in this version. Uh, the uh, I guess you'll call it the platform version. Uh, it will be Marvel Heroes Omega. And uh, so now this game, uh, David Lee, who is uh, a representative from Gazillion Entertainment, who's behind the game, says so. Uh, this game has uh, the one of the largest uh, rosters of heroes that you can play from. Because um, you have Spider-Man, you got uh, the Avengers, the Defenders, and humans, X-Men, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and this is much, much more. Um, and so the the game, uh, well, like I said, the game first launched in 2013, um, and then somewhere around 2016, it added uh, controller support, uh, which was uh, ba- basically a, a sneak peek into how the game would play on consoles because usually when you play a, an MMO, it's all keyboard, you know. Right. So they looked like they were uh, dabbling just to see if the game could sync up with 
uh, controllers. And if so, how would that look? Well, they liked it. And so the game is going to be uh, available on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, so it's, it's definitely coming soon. It's not giving me an official date yet. But it'll definitely be the spring. And you'll get to play up to 38 characters, uh, including Spidey, Deadpool, Wolverine, Captain America. Well, and the sad part about this is if you play PC, you right. can't carry over your progress. No, you cannot. It, to your this Xbox is, or PlayStation. This is completely independent. So so if you have a character that's been ranked, you know, ranked up pretty well, I'm happy for you. That is awesome and great. But you get to uh, keep that character over there with the PC because it's going to be a completely different party once you bring yeah. it over to your platform. It was yeah. the same way with uh, Marvel's uh, Avengers Alliance, the the game that was on Facebook. And yes, they put out a yeah. mobile version, and I was so disappointed because my Facebook version was actually going along pretty well. But then it, I said, "Oh, this will be cool! I can play it even when I'm not online." You know. Or when I'm not in front of a computer, and oh no, you have to start over. Yeah. Well, crap. Yep. So I never did play it. Well, mm. how it's cool to see that it's coming to the game system. I'm sure game system players are going about time, but I'm sure that's all going to change when they realize, oh, we can't bring that stuff over. <laughs> but um, what about what Marvel's doing? Now, you know, there, there's, it, it, you know, has, has Marvel been wrong about what it's been doing with the comics? Uh, oh, wait. Hmm. <laughs> Lost your audio there, Eric. Okay, define wrong and define what Marvel has been doing. Well, <laughs> the, the topic's been brought up. Is Marvel wrong about diversity in their comics? And is it killing the comics? And okay. <sighs> Unfortunately, I don't know if we talked about... I know I talked about this with the Wookiee Radio crew. I don't remember if I talked to you, Eric, about this. So I'm not going to bring up any other podcast. We're going to keep this just Marvel. Okay, just us. Marvel. We is diversity killing uh, a, a lot of people say yes I mean look what happened with Ironheart look what happened with Hulk look what happened uh, well, who was the other one that made the ch- uh, well Thor is, has some Thor's backlash. a woman um, Hawkeye Hawkeye but we but we still have um, the original Hawkeye as well right with Kate Bush you've got a lot of you've got a lot of new namesakes Correct. for lack of a better term legacy heroes like you've got you know Sam Alexander as Nova uh, Mike uh, Miles Morales as Spider-Man you know Riri Williams as Iron Man slash Ironheart right you know but Sam we- Wilson Captain America I mean and but, we have kind of touched on this about diversity being a good thing on the show before, have we not? We have. Mm-hmm. So what? Now Marvel is saying that's a bad idea? Yeah. Well, I think the critics are saying it's a bad idea. The critics are saying that Marvel's saying it's a bad idea? <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. Well, no. I, I think somebody somewhere is blaming Marvel or is thinking Marvel's blaming diversity for why they're having issues in, in the sales department and why books aren't selling. I I don't know if that's truly it, though. Okay. I, I think it's, I mean, the, the you know, Amadeus show has has been proven it's a, a good Hulk title. Look at Miss Marvel. Miss 
uh, Khan has been a great asset. But then they just threw out there, oh, Tony Stark's going away and we're introducing Ironheart. It was the new Iron Man. Oh, Bruce Banner's dead, so She-Hulk now becomes Hulk full-time. I mean... Whether it was necessary or not, I don't think it's the diversity that's killing it. It's the mm-hmm. I think it's that go ahead. I, I think it's the fact that they did it and didn't put the thought behind the storylines to carry it through to, to make the readers care and pay attention. Okay, mm. <clears throat> having I, I know what what articles you've you've been looking at on these. And yes, Marvel's sales have been slumping lately and that there was supposedly a meeting between Marvel and some of their top retailers. Yes. And a very it's a very tone deaf statement that is being quoted, uh, quoted by, let's see, who was it? Uh, oh, crap. I'm, now I can't find it. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Marvel's vice president of sales, David Gabriel. He supposedly said, quote, what we heard was that people didn't want any more diversity. They didn't want female characters out there. That's what we heard, whether we believe that or not. I don't know that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. All right, Mr. Gabriel, I know you probably didn't mean it that way, but that comes off as very tone deaf. Yeah. Very, very much so. Now, mm-hmm. I can see where some people would say we don't like characters that we have known and loved over the years being shuffled off to the side or being killed so you can bring in a new character in the name of beating your chest to say we're diverse. Right. Like, I'm not saying these are bad characters, okay? Amadeus Cho as the totally awesome Hulk. You killed off Bruce Banner to bring him in. Uh, Miles Morales, well, you understand what I'm saying, though. There is no Bruce Banner Hulk now. Right. right? But he, he was still around when Amadeus came in. Okay, then, Tony Stark. Yes. Tony Stark has been shuffled off because of the events of Civil War II. And so now you've brought in Ironheart. I think what some people, what I would take offense to in in this, this effort in diversity was that you are removing characters with long histories yes. to bring these characters to the spotlight. Yeah. Make it, give us new characters to care about. I mean, it's like, um, there's another one that I think, okay, here we go. Thor. We have had Jason Aaron on the show and I was skeptical at first about making Thor a woman. Not because I think that a woman can't be the goddess of thunder, but the way that it was presented, the way that yes. it was that it was re- the the way that it was announced, and also that the real Thor, Thor Odinson, had to be disgraced and sent off. And I think it's just it, it's the way they're going about it to bring in the diversity that I'm not a big fan of. Yes, bring us in more diverse characters. We love right. that, but don't. Don't sacrifice the Marvel universe that we know to do it. Yeah. I mean, is that making any sense at all? It is, but unfortunately, yeah. it's not what they're going to do. No. And also, also, quit bringing massive event after massive event after massive event, especially if you're just going to reboot the whole darn thing afterwards. Right. I got two words for you. Secret Empire. <laughs> we just got through Civil War II. <sighs> And now Nick Spencer has has once again further wiped his butt with Steve Rogers. 
You can tell I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of his writing. Yeah. Not all, no. And it's like, how are you going to get out of this? Because unless you are just going to make the the guy who is pretty much the personification of everything good in the world in the Marvel Universe has now been turned into the, the newest incarnation of Hitler, how are you going to walk that back? Mm. How are you going to walk that back? And when you get there, how are you going to deal with all the crap that came out because of it? Reboot everything again? Marvel, that ain't the smart way. No. Figured, don't fall into the DC trap. <laughs> well, and, and it's what happened. New 52. Yeah. The, yeah. The DC oh, Universe has of... been reset more times than an Xbox. Yeah. Well, you know, it was, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think they got caught up thinking that well, they, 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 they missed the most important part of if you're going to diversify. I think they missed the most important part. They thought that just doing this would be enough. But that's not it. Uh, what what brought us to Marvel and what keeps us at Marvel is the quality of the writing and, and, and the stories about these people. It's more than the color of their skin or their gender or their sexual orientation. It's the quality of the story. And I think and, th- and this is the downside of when politics gets involved. Uh, once politics gets involved, you end up you end up losing sight of the bigger picture, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and I, be- I mean, cause I, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for diversity and I, I, cause I mean, uh, no, just frankly speaking, growing up, Marvel did a better job of showing heroes that looked like me than DC did. You know, yeah. they did a better job of that. And, um, uh, but at the same time, they 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 also made sure that the writing was good was was in the high enough quality that it would make me want to come back. And it wasn't just oh hey here's a black superhero for you. You know it was oh here's this really cool guy who is sort of like uh sort of like shaft but he has superpowers oh okay oh and there's this guy hanging out with captain america and you know he he has this really cool bird uh, that he can uh, communicate with but he's awesome by himself as well right Mm -hmm. you know i hate to do this but to to keep moving us forward i think eric's got some awesome news for us as well i do and this involves a uh one of our repeat guests here on the show i was uh taking a look at my facebook yesterday and i came across ramon perez's uh statement he says the guest guess the cat's out of the bag he says excited beyond compare to be collaborating on spider-man generations with brian michael bendis yes and this is a uh, the the story that he's talking about. Uh, Bendis did a podcast interview with Ultimate Spin, and it was reported on by Newsarama.com, which is where I'm I'm taking the uh, the information because that's the article that Ramon had uh, had linked to. Uh, he Bendis says, "quote I'll give you some scoopy scoops. Spider-Man Generations is by myself and Ramon Perez, which I'm very excited about because I've never worked with him before. His Jim Henson graphic novel was one of the best things." in the past 10 years. Now, of course, Bendis is referring to A Tale of Sand that uh, won several awards. Uh, Perez also worked on Amazing Spider-Man, Once Upon a Time. And then on Iron Man Generations with Riri Williams and Tony Stark, it will be drawn by Marco Rudy. 
Now, uh, yeah, Bendis has never worked for Perez before. Uh, he says, quote, these are two wonderful artists I haven't been actively working with but was eager to, not only doing stories I've been dying to tell that this concept allows, but getting to work with two artists I've been dying to work with. I find Marco Rudy, Andrea Sorrentino, and Ramon Perez phenomenal next-level artists. If I was in college right now, I would be tripping over their crap, uh, just like I did Bill Sinkovich and Kent Williams. Now, somebody asked Ramon what this meant for Nova, and he said, uh, "He said, quote, I'll be leaving Nova after a few more issues. Uh, now, he is, they did go on to ask, you know, only in art or, or writing, too. He said, unfortunately, both. Wow. It, was a t- it was a difficult decision to make, but he, he is stepping back from both. So and opportunities are opportunities. Opportunities yeah. are opportunities. And with the first time we had him on the show, he was talking about uh, how he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to spend too long on any one issue or any one title. Right. I, I don't think, mm. he, I don't think he said he was because he would get bored with it, but you know, take those opportunities, dude. And congratulations. Uh, we're super excited for it. I'm going to miss you being on Nova. So, and, and which I am totally loving Nova right now. <laughs> Grumpy, old man rich rider yes yeah he's he's kind of yes. like grumpy old man and it's just it, it's just fitting him so well yeah. but uh well. but but nova's loss is spidey's game so and it's time for the picks of the week uh was Go to the comic book shop, you know, courtesy of the Shazbots. They help guide you there. Um, but yeah, I, let's get started with our picks of the week. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, who went first last time? I know it's hard to remember two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Weren't you paying attention either? No. Okay. I got so much other stuff on this end, like the, the warehouse of sound. Yeah. Actually, I think you went first last time. Okay. Then, I got a one in three chance of being right. I know it wasn't me. Then, Eric, why don't you go first? Okay. Since you, <laughs> since you also have the unlimited pick this week. We could just carry it over from last week. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is Ghost Rider number six, written by Felipe Smith. And also, the cover artist is Felipe Smith. Enter the Road Demon, Robbie's power. Powers are evolving in unimaginable ways. The spirit of Eli Morrow is getting stronger and more vicious every day. The LAPD can't ignore the demonic monster in their backyard anymore. And I was wrong. I have the pick this week. That's what I thought. So, that's my first pick of the week. Uh, my first pick of the week is the unbeatable Squirrel Girl number nineteen. Worst mentor ever. Melissa Morbeck has trapped Squirrel Girl in the in her house, surrounded by zoo animals under her control, and laid out her demands. She wants to have a chat. Does does that not sound exciting enough? What if we were able to tell you that this chat also involves punching, shocking revelations, a bit of cool computer stuff, and machine gun wielding bears who are extremely cute as they are extremely deadly. Squirrels and machine gun bears all in the same comic. That's right. Only Squirrel Girl gives you what you want to assume you have those two very particular interests. Hopefully you do. We've got a lot riding on this. So It sounds unbearably good. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, Kylan, why don't you move on to your, your first pick? My first pick is Kingpin number three. The writer is Matthew Rosenberg. The artist is Ben Torres. Cover artist is just Jeff Deckel. Better the devil you know. Wilson Fisk. Wilson Fisk. People love him. Kids look up to him. His generosity and kindness make him a model citizen. This is the spin. <laughs> so, Eric, your second pick. My second pick is Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, number seven. Written by Robbie Thompson. Artist by Javier Rodriguez, who also did the cover art. Sir Isaac Newton betrayed the rest of the Sorcerer Supreme and has come to the present day. That's it. Okay. The intern got kind of got, got let off early. Okay. Well... I'll, I'll carry you with the intern theme. Uh, my second pick is Star Wars Dr. Aphra number six. Aphra Jr. and Sr. have stumbled upon an ancient Jedi Citadel. That's it. Apparently, uh, they're writing this for Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, j- just you wait. Just you wait. <laughs> well, Kylan, why don't you move on to the next one? Uh, so my my second pick is Captain America Sam Wilson number twenty one. Uh, the writer is Nick Spencer and the artist is Aku. Uh, thank you. The end of the line reaches its climax as Sam Wilson hits his breaking point. Okay, and that's that. Yep, told you. Hashtag I don't know. I got y'all all beat with my third pick of the week, which is Deadpool <laughs> and the Mercs for Money number ten, written by Christopher Hastings and. And cover artist is Riley Brown. Till death do us. Part five, I'm guessing. Because last week was part four with Spider-Man and Deadpool. And uh, it's got kind of a nice... It's got a cool picture cover on it. But... uh, but you know, hey, anytime I can see Machine Man in something, I'm I'm good, even if he's been disassembled. Okay. Well, uh, my final pick of the week is Gwynpool the Unbelievable, or the Unbelievable Gwynpool. Duh. Uh, number fourteen. Gwynpool is L.A. bound, and boy, is she loving it. The mission helps Cecil regain some of his more human qualities. Guest starring Kate Bishop, the real Hawkeye, Ghost Rider, and. That's it. Ah. Oh, it's just that that inevitable, lovable, leave us in suspense until you buy the book. Yes. And I am trying to find a write-up for my final pick, or for my Marvel Unlimited pick. You had one job. I know. They know. <laughs> uh, ah, there we go. My Marvel Unlimited pick should come as no surprise. Star Wars number 48, and it's titled The Third Law. Um, the, Is that the one that says never play pool with someone named after a state? No. Uh, Princess Leia, C-3PO, R2-D2, and the Rebellion Finance Minister, Viscount Tardy, arrive on the banking planet of Argao to complete the financing of a sale of an of X-Wing fighters to the Rebellion. Also on the planet is Darth Vader and his entourage of paid assassins specializing in unarmed combat as it is forbidden for citizens of Argyle to carry weapons. Um, Vader's assassins been make several attempts on, on Tardy's life. Um, but Leia's quick wit succeeds in not only saving the Viscourt or Viscount, but destroying the assassins as well. Uh, Leia and R2 record video images of the murder of, um, of, of Tardy from Vader and, tra- and transmit them to C3PO, who is waiting at police headquarters to prevent Vader from exposing their ruse to the authorities. Um, but they come, you know, because part of this is they find out Tardy is actually a droid made in his image, and the real Tardy had died months ago. 
Uh-oh. Uh oh. Leah needed to fake the the Viscount to secure the loan, and she used the crown jewels of Alderaan as indisputable collateral. But knowing that the authorities would have discovered that Tardy was a fake when they passed through Argyle security scanners, and as soon as they attempted to leave the planet, it was necessary for Leia to manipulate Darth Vader into destroying the duplicate. Um, but Vader has also been manipulating Princess Leia, like father, like or like daughter, like father. Well, there you go. Um, as he really has no interest in preventing her financial deal for the Starfighters, he's actually wanted to take possession of the priceless jewels. He bribed an officer at the local customs station and succeeded in acquiring the treasure and had played along with Leia's plan to ensure that he could have the planet with the, without the jewels being missed by the authorities. So, um <laughs> Behind the, behind the scenes with this, although the issue centers around a character named Viscount Tardy, the real Tardy had never made an appearance before this issue had been published. Hmm. So, <laughs> wow, that that's that. Any final thoughts? Mm, nope. Nope. Don't forget to catch us next Friday. At celebrate at the celebration podcast stage at Star Wars Celebration, uh, mm-hmm. we will be on Facebook Live as well on the Mighty Marvel Geeks Facebook page. Uh, check out the homepage; tickets are still available for Star Wars Celebration. If you click the Celebration link, I'll take you to the site. Also, to check out our affiliates: Ripped Apparel, Comic Bento, and Superhero Stuff. Um, get some great gear for. Uh, for the upcoming show i mean we have a t-shirt we're going to be giving away at at the podcast at our podcast show at celebration from ripped apparel and video on it will be coming to youtube through the weeby geeks declassified channel here in the next couple days sounds good awesome um if you want to find eric and i we will be wearing mighty marvel geeks shirts and i will also be wearing either a weeby geeks or wookie radio shirt as well in which the guy from the company we're getting a made said i almost didn't get the wookie radio shirt that looks that darn good (laughs) (laughs) so i can't wait to see that one I can't, I can't wait, wait to see the one that we're going to be wearing. Yes. Which oh, yeah. we'll, we will be wearing our Mighty Marvel Geek shirts for sure on Friday. So uh, check out TeePublic as well. TeePublic.com forward slash user forward slash WBG Mike. You can get Mighty Marvel Geek t-shirts and the special edition celebration logo Mighty Marvel Geeks t-shirts. T-shirts, cases, mugs, stickers. They now have stickers. Laptop sleeves. Yeep. All your needs are right there. So go check it out. And uh, if that wraps it up. That wraps it up. That wraps it up. Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. So do we get season five? Don't we get season five? I'll be pleasantly Uh, shocked if we do. I, I don't know. It's hard to call it. It really um, is. I I thought we were going to get it long enough, have S.H.I.E.L.D. long enough to get to the Avengers. We went past that twice. Yep. I don't know if we're going to make it to the final Avengers. It, or of current generation adventure, Avengers. I, I just don't know. I don't know. I think it depends on other programming that the powers that be have that oh no I or they want to just pour everything into the Inhumans now I don't know could be 